What's good, everybody? This is Fraternal Football. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. And welcome back, episode 62. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. And we got to the divisional round weekend. We're moving on to the conference title games. And we had some spicy action this weekend. Most notably, and I'm just going to jump right into it because Zach was about to go on his little rant. And we want to hear that, absolutely. So, uh, <laughs> the Cowboys in the 49ers game. That would be 19-12 to 12, 49ers was the score of that one. Hotly contested and a lot of hot takes. It literally was the... Okay. So, look. I, uh, last week on the pod, I said it was the Cowboys to lose. It, this... This was the best year for them on paper to actually make it to the Super Bowl in in mine and Cameron's lifetime. And what Mm -hmm. happened, Cameron? They uh, put Zeke at center. And Dak Prescott threw two interceptions. (laughs) That that final drive, look, they they were still technically in it. Like, they were still in it. Mm-hmm. They had what four minutes left in a touchdown, and yeah. I, for a second, I thought, you know, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're actually gonna beat the Niners here. Like they've been down all game, but final drive, they have the better quarterback. They're gonna get an opportunity, and literally the worst final drive I've ever seen in the history of me watching football. Literally the worst. The drive literally went, Dak Prescott drops back from like the five-yard line because for some reason the punt return team just didn't let that shit bounce in the end zone, even though it probably would have. So they started on like the five. Dak Prescott rolls out in the in the end zone and almost has to, like, he literally evades a safety. He almost got sacked for a safety. Mm-hmm. And tosses almost a pick six on the same play. He liked it. Um, I don't remember if it was that play. It might have been that play. Uh, or I think it was just before that they were pointing out on the broadcast the picks and then immediately the very next play after they talked about him throwing two interceptions he almost threw the game ending pick dude <laughs> literally right after that like seconds are like even the broadcasters were taken aback they're like oh <laughs> dude like right after yeah next play and okay it's bad enough you're backed up on the five you can't roll out in the end zone and almost take a safety you got to get that ball out quick like what are you what are you thinking right yeah this is um i mean i i legitimately thought hey this was the the chance that the cowboys really had and, and you kind of convinced me even last week because I, I did originally pick 
um, like Chiefs Niners, right, for the Super Bowl. And I was like, you know what? Uh, the Cowboys and like Dak's the best one left. Quarterback wise, the Cowboys are pretty loaded. They got a sweet defensive front. They got players on both sides of the ball at the key positions that you want to have players at trenches, skill positions, quarterback. Uh, and they're playing Brock Purdy, who has won a game now in the playoffs. But did he play a team like the Cowboys? No. So that that would have been his biggest test, and it turned out to be so. But just watching that, I mean, Brock Purdy, the the Mister Relevant. Uh, looked far more poised than Dak did the entire game. I, I just watched the highlights again today to refresh, and it, it was it, stu- it stuck out to me that those kind of tight window throws, those really key third downs that Brock Purdy was converting with just unmatched poise, and, and Dak was scrambling, running around, and, and throwing ducks and, and <laughs> to the other team. Uh, well, Brock Purdy made zero turnovers, which is astounding. I that drive was absolutely pathetic. It it, it literally went from that safety play to the next play. The very next play was an enormous mental error by. Oh, uh, Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz. Did he not like, get out of bounds? They touched him before he, he went out? No, he got out of bounds, but he was going backwards. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. Like, you're in the NFL. Maybe in high school. Oh, you didn't know that rule? You're in the NFL, bro. You know you got to fight through that contact. It was TJ Ward who hit. Or not TJ Ward. Jimmy Ward. It's not like Jimmy Ward's a huge guy. He plays safety, but he's on the smaller end of safeties. You're a big-ass tight end. you got to fight forward to be going out of bounds, going forward to stop that clock. And then literal next play, Dak throws it, actually gets them probably within Hail Mary range. I mean, it's still far-fetched at this point because now Uh they only have 10 seconds left because the Dalton Schultz fuck up. Dalton Schultz gets (laughs) one foot in bounds. No one around him, not a soul around him. No reason he couldn't make that extra effort to get that second foot in. It was literal. He was so stupid. So they're on like the 20 yard line or something like that. Right. They got to at least a 40, right. Around there. Before the the Dalton Schultz thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what? And okay, don't even get me started on the last play of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Putting Zeke at center, him getting immediately pushed over and turning Bro. into a meme, and then and throwing then it him less than 10 yards. Throwing it to someone who gets blown up with no one behind him to lateral the ball. Like, not no one's around no him. One. So, why would you throw it to that guy? You had everyone lined up in monster formation, right? Throw the damn oh. screen. What else are you going to throw? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it seemed like they just came unraveled at every conceivable like aspect toward the end. I think that final drive is a fireable offense for the head coach. Like, I was going to ask you that, yeah. Dude, there's no way a good head coach makes any of those decisions. 
um, calls any of those plays or doesn't chew Dalton Schultz out. Like, it's a discipline problem with the Cowboys. They yeah, have all the talent there, in the world. Was there anyone who got held accountable even last year? No. Mm-mm. And I, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen this year either. So I, someone's got to be held to the, a higher standard. And you could say it starts with McCarthy. Um, you could point the finger at Dak. You could point any number of fingers. But, yeah, it's, it's a top-down issue, I would say. Like, I'm sorry, but as an NFL player, in Dalton Schultz, right? You should never, ever be, like, not knowing the rules. Right? Am I wrong? No. Like, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> I I was I was extremely extremely just kind of blown away with how stupid. <laughs> well, and even uh okay, I have two other things. One, Zeke looks like a shell, um, like two point six yards per carry. I understand even the 49ers weren't able to get a very good running game going or even much beyond just scratching a few yards here and there. Um, but they got enough, but 2.6 is inexcusable. Um, and then on that Michael Gallup intercept, or the interception on the ball intended for Michael Gallup, did, did you see how he... Uh, reacted to that it that I mean Dak made a poor decision but it it also appeared like Michael Gallup hardly tried for that ball like the the DB just kind of like brushed him aside and went after that Michael Gallup seemed to have no idea what was going on on that play made it an easy interception um the, the second one was perhaps not as much of Dak's fault, but he did throw into an absurdly tight window in which it got deflected to Fred Warner, who who seemed to have a spectacular day, just being all over the fort, all over the field in coverage. Um, played more like a safety than a linebacker. Yeah, and oh my gosh, like, look, we went from the Cowboys having arguably the best wide receiver core in the league last season to Just kind of a pretty long. mediocre one. <laughs> they have two wide open getting significant snaps. I I just there needs to be major, major changes with that team. Mm-hmm. I, and I think it starts with coaching, but then you have to look at Dak I mean he went from having one of the best games I've ever seen um, him have to just looking completely strung out and like not even nervous just falling apart they, they got guys in his face and I, I've and look, seen that his statistically he becomes almost a bottom tier quarterback when you get pressure in his face 
that that's just I mean, not excusable. And look, I mean, like Brock Purdy played all right, but it's not like he lit the world on fire this week. You know, he he was solid. He did not he just lose played them mistake again. free. Yeah, but he, he just did, didn't lose it. He wasn't like anything special. You know, the the Niners defense was playing really well, but at the same time, did, I think. yeah, yeah, the Cowboys mm-hmm. defense was balling too. Mm-hmm. I was seeing Micah Parsons blow up everyone that wasn't Trent Williams. <laughs> Marcus Lawrence even too, yeah. <laughs> like, I, ah, uh, man, it, it really, and I, I just think that this might be the first year we see a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl. I I, I don't know. It, it's kind of close between the Eagles and the Niners right now. Mm-hmm. But I would just go with – I think because they're so even, I'd go to the team who I believe has the better weapons and the better pass rush. And I think the Niners edge them out. I think – uh, Debo, Kittle, McCaffrey mm-hmm. is better than AJ Brown, um, Devonta Smith, and Miles Sanders. I mean, right, I guess don't hurt Shanahan has weapon, been but... there. Like they, they've they've been in that scenario essentially. A lot of that team was in that previous Super Bowl. It, it's not that far removed. So I mean, like they they yeah. do have that sort There's of. There's also edge. the experience edge, but then. It, I'll also just say that I think the Niners have higher end defensive talent too. I mean, Fred Warner and yeah. Bosa are just far and away better than any Eagles defenders as well. Yeah. And I think just, I mean, Sirianni's clearly got that team in a pretty tip top shape. Um, like I, I thought the Giants would be a lot more of a challenge and they were nowhere near a challenge. Um, I also do think though, Matchup wise, the Eagles have had a fairly easy time because mm-hmm. their defense hasn't been the greatest in spots. They do have the number one pass defense. Yes, but least us forget how many points they let up against the Lions, how many points mm-hmm. they let up against the Cowboys earlier in the year. 41, right? Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they've been tore up in certain matchups, right? And I think it's when they go against teams that actually have good skill guys. I'm talking about the Cowboys before all the injuries, right? Mm-hmm. Let alone good scheme like Shanahan's. <laughs> yeah, and they haven't really run into a scheme like that. You're not really seeing a scheme like that in the NFC least, okay? <laughs> yeah. And especially now with the schedule. I mean, the Eagles played – didn't they played the NFC North and – Obviously, their division. I can't I think of who say else yes. they Without looking it up, I want to say I, yes. I want to say they played the NFC South. Also, some, some might take offense to the NFC lease term, granted that they actually had the strongest record by division this year. But uh, yeah, but it all you they also had a very bias. schedule. Because uh, if I remember... The NFC East played the NFC North and the AFC South this year. The AFC South had the worst record by division overall this year. 
as much as I praise the Jaguars, I okay, praise them the because they're the underdog who is outperforming my expectations, not because they're that good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. And the NFC North was a complete joke this year. I chose the Vikings simply because, I mean, they're just the most talented in a team of, or in a division of not very talented teams. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going to say, sit here and say the Eagles didn't earn their wins, but I'm also not going to say that they didn't have an easy schedule because in terms of what I'd consider a tough schedule, I wouldn't put the Eagles anywhere like near the top 10 for the toughest schedules. They'd probably be in the bottom 10. Yeah, and I mean, it, I don't know how much I have to add on this game because it's frankly just a, a, an ass whooping. Um, they they just took the Giants to the woodshed, but they, they did make uh, someone, I, I saw someone said, uh, leave it to the Vikings to make the Giants look good. Uh, they, they, they obliterated the Giants, uh, but just by kind of doing what they've been doing relying on their strengths and not pushing anything like Hertz hardly had to do anything extra in that game he, he just had to throw a few rpos run a little bit and manage basically and the defense held their own against danny dimes who was frankly out of dimes um so that <laughs> there just wasn't much there to compete against for the Eagles, so or to really t- see what they're made of in the playoffs this year. Um, Giants system matchup, well, they weren't built to take advantage of the Eagles' weaknesses like the Niners could, and it it was quite revealed that that they were overachieving. Um, though, huge props to Dayball for getting that group even to that point because. I, I can't name too many Giants players other than Dimes, Barkley, and a handful of other guys. They got a lot of nobodies on that roster. So Eagles just have a pretty solid top-down group. Um, but when it comes to the NFC Championship game, when it comes to the Super Bowl, you, you need to rely on scheming and um, being able to create a structure and all those extra, extra things. that. I think 49ers have an edge for and the teams like the Chiefs. Bengals are also quite proficient at. Um, goodbye to the Jaguars. Like I like I did say <laughs> last week, would have been great if they won. I didn't expect them to. Although for a second there, when Mahomes was out temporarily, I was like, maybe this is their chance. And then Chad Henney put together a 12 play 98 or yeah. And if there's (laughs) anything we know, Chad Henney or Chad Henney, uh, he's a really good backup quarterback. I mean, the dude has a lot of starting experience in the league, he's a second round pick back in the day 16 years, 16 years. So, you know, um. it's not it's not bad on the jaguars they got a lot farther than i expected them to um 
But, you know, they lost and they should have lost. It's that simple. The Bills, on the other hand, what's going on, Buffalo? Like, you really, really, like, you're losing to the Chiefs, sure. You know, you're built to combat the Chiefs. Last year, we witnessed the greatest playoff game ever mm-hmm. versus the Chiefs. With My YouTube Buffalo. TV kept cutting out. <laughs> RIP. But the Bengals? Look, I they have weapons. They, I mean, they got Jamar they Chase. They got Pete Higgins. They got uh, Joe Hayden Mixon. Hurst. Hayden Hurst is really solid. Um, but it's Tyler Boyd. Tyler. And Tyler Boyd is as good as the third receiver as you're going to find anywhere in the league. But they also had half an offensive line. Yeah, exactly. But your Buffalo, your coach is a defensive head coach. What are you doing? Getting tore up. Not even really putting points on the board. You couldn't even score. Like, it's not like the Bengals have a solid defense, but it's not anything crazy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it compared to the yeah. top teams in the league, they have one of the more average defenses. They have, <laughs> they are the the premier example of having no name cornerbacks and not not frankly mattering. <laughs> oh, I will say uh, really quick. I'm I'm gonna touch on the Jaguars as they performed exactly how I thought they would against the Chiefs. They hung in there tough. They schemed a few good, like, plays here and there, especially that Christian Kirk touchdown where he lined up in the backfield and they matched him up on Carl Loftus. Um, That was sweet. But at the end of the day, Mahomes just was just nailing every throw. (laughs) Uh, Moving in the pocket. It, it sidearm it, it really didn't matter he was just dialed in and then chad henney just was super dialed in too for a drive and then injury didn't matter um andy reed is just too good at scheming and the jaguars didn't have the talent to keep up in, for a marathon only a sprint so they hung in there but it, that was pretty decided um but clearly they've made progress. They're just not ready yet to compete with, with that tier of team. Uh, but the Bills, that was just sad. Um, and Stefan Diggs' reaction, I think, summarized it, where apparently he just immediately ran off the field. Uh, or something like that. He kind of threw his own little tantrum, which honestly I am kind of okay with just because what, what kind of a standard did they display on that field? Not much of one at home. Granted, in a blizzard, but the Bengals still put up 27 points. So what's up with the 10? Um, I, I watched that and the highlights from that again, too, to, to refresh my memory. And the key takeaway that I saw was that Cincinnati was just driving down the field like there was no snow at all. Like it was a, a, a fine day out and, and they had no problem moving the football any which way they needed to. Uh, Burrow was making every pass. Mixon was getting chunk yardage. Um, Hayden Hurst was getting involved a lot. That Chase was in space. 
Um, and the Bills, it just looked like a chore to move the ball on offense. And it, they just looked out of sorts, like like they weren't even ready to be there. So, I, I again, I'm going to point the finger at McDermott because I, I feel like that he just has to get that group together, kind of like McCarthy has to get the Cowboys together because they, they just don't look like they're ready. Yeah. I. This is what happens when you have a defensive head coach in the modern NFL. <laughs> Which just seems like I, – I know of, like – I'm not going to take credit for this, but I know Middlecoff made the point that McDermott seems tightly wound and that, um, like, that that kind of permeates through the team. And, I mean, it kind of looks like that's the case. Like, it kind of looks like that that team looks, like, hesitant to really show up. And like they're not playing loose. Like the, the 49ers, for example, are out there having a good time. They're playing loose. The Bengals are playing loose. They're just out there. They're just competing. Like the, the Bills look like they have a mental block. And so do the Cowboys. Uh, in, in different ways, but similarly as well. Um, and I think it comes from the coach. Or the, the Cowboys might come from the owner all the way down to the coach, but the Bills definitely comes from the coach. And, well, frankly, I'm a big believer in organizations just kind of being how they are. And the Bills are just Bills. They're going to lose and fall short of expectations. Um, Yeah. It's it's just a, a really bad look, if you ask me. Like, oh, for, for the team? Yeah. I, like, you can't consider yourself a contender if that's what's going to happen. You just can't. That game did not seem particularly close the entire time. <laughs> like, Cincinnati really dominated from start to finish, and it, it looked convincing on the road it should have been at home the whole uh tamar hamlin thing did did kind of um make that confusing switch around and all that but um and but yeah like point being the bills should have shown up (laughs) at home um even a little bit and they can't blame the weather um because other the other team was moving the ball just fine (laughs) And yeah, uh, they looked like like they didn't want to be there. Uh, which for a preseason Super Bowl favorite is is uh you can't really fathom it. That there needs to be some sort of a change. Otherwise they're they're doomed to keep repeating this divisional round. Maybe they make a conference title game one of these upcoming years, but that's as far as they're going. At this right. Yeah. And, they're, uh, they're not gonna win the Super Bowl. You know, the Chiefs, I uh strongly believe that they should be the Super Bowl favorite. Like the Bengals beat the Chiefs last year, but it kind of took all they had 
And there's just something about the Chiefs this year that going into this year, I didn't expect to them to be better mm-hmm. losing Tyree Kill, but they just feel better. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if you also get that vibe, but the Chiefs well, feel better to me. My working theory or part part of it. Um and granted, the Bengals weirdly have the Chiefs number at this time. They have beat them the last three times they've played. Uh, but the Chiefs aren't exactly the type of team to allow that to continue. Uh, this isn't going to be a Raiders-Chiefs scenario, not at all. Um, just the Chiefs are too good for that. Mahomes and Andy Reid are too good to allow that to extends to be a long stretch of games where they lose to a single opponent. Um, but I, my theory with the Tyreek Hill situation is that, you know, last year their teams were playing a lot of two deep safeties uh, that kind of contain coverage. And Tyreek not being there, I think, has forced Mahomes to look at other ways to do things basically just not to be looking for those crazy deep shots not to be looking for the big plays often to take what the defense has given them more routinely and kind of look for those dink and dunk plays that well we've seen like all the great quarterbacks tom brady for example has been wildly successful for many years at doing and i think that's what mahomes is great at when he's at his best he's throwing little 10 yard sidearm passes he's rolling out and throwing a like a little five yard screen to kelsey who then rolls in for a touchdown against the jaguars Um, yeah and straight up i hurts early on he was lighting the world on fire he kind of cooled off toward the end of the year like Mm kind of big time if you ask me injury aside yeah uh Mahomes was the MVP of the season. If if I'm voting, dude, I would like far and away through more yards and touchdowns than the next closest guy. Fifty two hundred like, and forty one, I think, were the totals. They locked up the number one seed. They act. They absolutely dominated. I just, mm-hmm. I could not give the MVP to Hertz and not Mahomes. I, in my opinion, that's kind of like how they used to never want to give the MVP to LeBron when he was at his peak because of fatigue. If Mahomes mm-hmm. isn't the MVP this year, it feels like probably fatigue, like voter fatigue of some kind. But then again, Mahomes only has one MVP, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. So if you're really feeling that much Mahomes fatigue, then that really just speaks to how great he actually is and he probably should be the MVP (laughs) right Mm -hmm. Uh, I would say so so, I'm hearing that buzz again um, that kind of bubbling back up so I'm thinking that that the attitudes are shifting in that direction in the fatigue no no that that Mahomes is deserving of a second MVP award. I, I think he is. He was I think just far away in the league cooled off. Player. I think Hurts cooling off and then 
like that kind of opened the window for Mahomes to get reconsidered and and reevaluated. Um, because he did have a a pretty miraculous year. He had, I mean, since his last MVP season, probably his best year, uh, and taking away a huge uh, weapon on offense at the same time forced him to adapt and do better. Um, it sounds worthy of an MVP award to me. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's deserving and it's, it's going to be just, um, I know Cincinnati is probably rolling into that AFC title game with, with some, some confidence because they know they've done that before and they did it last year in the exact same context. Um, but injury, ankle injury aside, um, to Mahomes, the, the Chiefs, I'm sure, are are hard pressed to not repeat that scenario. And I'll I'll, I'll give them that because they're, they're probably pissed. Yeah, I I think that. There's no way the the Chiefs shouldn't be the favorite. Mahomes shouldn't be the favorite for MVP. I mean, I would definitely give Coach of the Year to Nick Sirianni. I think mm-hmm. that's more impressive overall than just Andy Reid being Andy Reid. But mm-hmm. other than that, I mean, the Chiefs should be the favorites for pretty much every end-of-the-year accolade you can think of this season. Once again, and uh, yeah, you know, I I don't really give a chance to the Eagles or the Niners versus Kansas City. I mean, look, I I just don't see it with the Eagles. Who knows? I mean, I've, I've been saying it all year, and they've been really good. They could just be like, yeah. you're wrong, Zach. They could but, just win and Hertz can lift the trophy. Yeah, I, I'm completely prepared for that scenario. <laughs> but, like, I just don't see a head-to-head with Mahomes and Hertz that Hertz just comes out on top. I think Mahomes comes out on top. The, the Chiefs come out on top, for all, like, more often than not in mm-hmm. a head-to-head. Um. Although I would kind of like to see that matchup, you know, it's a Kelsey Bowl, if that's the case. Oh, absolutely. Kind of cool. Um, and then as far as the Niners go, Brock Purdy, a rookie quarterback on the biggest stage. We've never seen it before. And Brock Purdy has played very well, especially for a Mr. Irrelevant. But he's just he was Mr. Relevant for a reason it's not like this dude doesn't have clear flaws in his game otherwise Mm -hmm. he wouldn't have been picked so late like he is not the most mobile guy he doesn't really have a great arm you can scheme for that and they got good weapons but at, at the end of the day the most important position matters like 
at the end of the day, you're going to bank on the better quarterback winning more often than not. It's also why mm-hmm. I say I pick Hurts over Mahomes. Or, sorry, Mahomes over Hurts. I just, I can't envision a scenario where Brock Purdy just destroys it all and wins a Super Bowl in his rookie season. I mean, if that happens, you know, Trey Lance, you better kiss any chance goodbye of being a Niners quarterback. I I think he's already um, benched per what I've been seeing. Like, they they are already set on moving forward with Brock Purdy. I I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And the reason I don't buy that is because of what they gave up for Trey. I like, look. Uh, He's like pretty They gave up. Yeah, from what we've seen. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan is is not the boss. He is an employee. No, well, he is is an employee to an owner who gave up resources for this young guy. I would who be is willing expecting to, bet, to see but, something out of this young guy. I'd be willing to bet Kyle Shannon calls the shots, and if he makes the Super Bowl, the owners not going to give a fuck. I don't know. The Niners have been known for a very if, if you give owner. up If you give up picks for a guy, but another guy shows up and just fulfills the same role, what difference does it actually make? Look, the Niners are used to being good, Right. The owner, in particular, the same owner that they still have. Jed York, right? Yeah. He, he ex-made arguably top five coach of all time if their history. I mean, they've had a lot of good coaches. So it's, but it, so it's saying a lot. Yeah, Harbaugh, after an 8-8 eight and eight season. And there was oh. no high-end draft pick attachment to it. Well, Shanahan what, had like a four-win season. <laughs> yeah, multiple. So I'm saying yeah. Shanahan shouldn't and have still a longer there. leash than well, that's what, I'm what I would he's consider calling Harbaugh. Shots. I, I think he's calling Harbaugh shots had the Michigan in terms connection. of... He was always going to leave. I I just... I don't I don't see the loyalty there. I I, I don't think it'll matter. I think if, if Brock Purdy makes Super Bowl... Trey Lance's old news. At a certain point, when are you just going to stop being attached when someone else just fulfills that role anyway? I I just don't see any reason to trade him or get rid of him. I mean, he's still in a rookie deal. They would just keep him, but like, why why would you? Well, that's what I'm saying. Start him if you're doing it right. And look, I think it's kind of well known under the table that Caution um, and wanted Mac Jones. Did he? I think so. Well, he did select Brock Purdy, right? But, like, there's a reason. Like, Trey Lance just has more ability than Brock Purdy. He has the more he has the better arm, 
he's bigger, he's faster. When he, if Trey Lance is having a good game, that ceiling that is just so much higher than the best game you could probably see out of a Brock Purdy. Mm. That I think it's not just a oh it's a given Brock Purdy after what seven games is automatically the guy over the guy they invested resources in. I just don't buy I think it. It's nine or ten, but same difference. I, I don't buy it. It's not a season. And like we said, like we've seen Nick Mullins be in Kyle Shannon's system and look pretty damn good as a rookie, and then next year look pretty awful as the backup. Like uh-huh. I haven't seen nearly enough out of Trey Lance nor Brock Purdy to be like, yeah, Brock Purdy is for sure the guy over Trey Lance. I don't think so. Like, I really don't think so. I I think you still have to give Trey Lance that time. You invested resources in him. It's, It's not quite like you really have to commit to Brock Purdy either you know like yeah well I mean they have an interesting kind of three-way scenario currently the only uh kicker really is that two of those players are unavailable so that like it I'm all for seeing if they have a competition and I think they will but I mean, Trey Lance isn't even on the field. So if he's not even on the field and he can't be on the field, that's not even going to matter. And neither is Garoppolo. But um, I don't know. Brock Purdy is yet to lose. However, we have seen that Garoppolo just managing is apparently good enough to win them a bunch of games too. Um, So, you know, it it is what it is. I'm just kind of excited to see how that all turns out. Hopefully uh, they don't have a Viking scenario where they had what Bradford and Cousins and or they had like three quarterbacks that one year. No, not Ponder. Uh, Keenum and someone else. Bradford, Bridgewater. And, and Keenum. Keenum. Yeah, and then they got Cousins. <laughs> uh, but... Yeah, that's interesting. I I think some of those reports are, are somewhat exaggerating, but it, I don't doubt that it's in their minds that like they're leaning toward Brock Purdy. Like, because if they just get to the Super Bowl and oh, if they if he does win it though, then it's definitely over. Like I don't think you could say anything after that. But if he gets See. there, then you're pretty close. I I don't. Trey Lance if he wins the Super Bowl, Bowl, I think Trey Lance has maybe a 2% chance. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I do see your point in that you can see, you can kind of think of Brock Purdy's ceiling, like you could see it, or at least you can convince yourself you could see it. Whereas with Trey Lance, it's a little harder to see a ceiling. And like that offers more hope than knowing that the player you currently have it seems more visualizable in that sense and that that's a bit of a, a concern generally. Look, um, I mean, Brock Purdy, he, he was, there was a time where mock drafts had him in late first round, right? I liked him in college. I watched Iowa State. He was sweet. 
I think he should have been a little higher, but kind but of forgot about same, him. At the same time, it just... He's not very toolsy. <laughs> not, not only is he not very toolsy, but there's a reason he slipped so far. And... I, I kind of feel like I, people just forgot about him, but he's also just smallish. He's smallish, doesn't have a great arm. I look, he fit. You can throw nearly any quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's system, right? You can throw nearly any quarterback in that system and expect them to do well at at some level, right? I mean, we've seen it. The one that I will say, though, that I have seen not look particularly great is Trey Lance. That's been the one time I've seen them struggle on offense. He's also the the only one we've seen that we genuinely think when he does master it, that's possibly the most dangerous team in the league. Because this of is also tools true. and the system, right? This is also true. Like the ceiling is just so much infinitely higher. And I think Kyle Shanahan is not a stupid guy. Like he wants to win, but if he's really not concerned about his job, right? Then I don't know that Brock Purdy is really the guy he wants to tie himself to. Right? I know he likes that type of quarterback. I mean. We know he does because his dad liked that type of quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. But long term, you don't want to tie yourself to a guy who is high floor, low ceiling. It just typically doesn't work out for the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, almost never does it work out for the best. Right. And I I know I know Kyle Shannon's not stupid. Like Kyle Shannon knows that definitely better than us and better than anyone else who's saying whatever, right? If there's plenty of narratives that come out all the time. Like mm-hmm. there was narratives saying Lions will never move off of Stafford a month before saying we'd give up Stafford in a heartbeat, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen reports of so many things over the over the years like i don't i don't just take anything the media says at face value and believe it until it actually happens especially sports yeah and especially when there was significant assets given up for a player in question who we're talking about in trey lance not only that i don't think the niners are willing to just let Trey, Ran- Trey Lance ride the bench after giving up those assets, knowing they're not going to get those same assets back for him currently. Now, if it was like, okay, we're going on with Purdy, who wants Trey Lance, and you're offered a first-round pick, I think they'd take that in a second. But I don't think that is even on the table, so I think there's more pressure on them to play Trey Lance, regardless. Now, if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl, Trey Lance 
you better uh, you better get on Zillow. You better be emailing <laughs> new teams and being like, "Hey, I, I, what can I do for you?" Because mm-hmm. I think your chances are slim to none. I mean, but I also one... see no scenario where Brock Purdy realistically wins the Super Bowl. The so... the biggest thing I think though that Trey Lance has working against him, uh, he he because he does still have that perception that that he has the capacity to figure it out and and use those tools that he has and become really great and it's still lingering and that's good for him but he hasn't like really played since 2019 like he hasn't played a full season in like several years Jonathan it's, it's, Isaac has returned since then. It's been a long it's time. It's really possible that Kurzweil <laughs> has the least football experience in the league. Yeah, he has very little. He played one game in 2020 and rode the bench 2021, got hurt this year. It, 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 he could just be a really late bloomer. He just doesn't have all the games under his belt. Um, but the NFL is also not particularly patient. So we'll see. This is probably a make or make uh, a definite make or break here, um, if it hasn't passed already. Yeah, it, it it's hard to tell. I, yeah, we'll see how it fleshes out. It, it's going to be interesting one way or another. <laughs> not that it will. Mm. Enter Jimmy Garoppolo into the chat. <laughs> uh. Um, I think Jimmy, his contract is up, right? Uh, it, I believe so, or or it will be soon. Jimmy will Jimmy will be on some team. Hopefully not the Panthers. <laughs> hopefully not but, the Panthers. Uh, very realistically, in my opinion, could be the Bears. The Jets, hell, the Patriots. People don't. Yeah. People might not want to face that, but Mac Jones just isn't very good. It's it's not, it's not the scheme. He's just really limited. It he's not he little Brady. He's none of those things. Mm-hmm. He just isn't that good. I think. Very realistically, Bill Belichick's the type to move off very quickly. And yeah, I don't think he'd straight up give up Mac Jones. Like, he's not going to trade him or just release him. I don't think that's... But I think Jimmy Garoppolo gets brought into New England is a very real possibility that no one's talking about. Mm, I like that. Guys tend to return to Bill. Yeah, they do. Especially guys... I mean, G- Jimmy G, if people don't remember, was the guy that Bill chose to replace Brady. Like Bill did not want to get rid of him. Kraft forced Bill to get rid of him because he didn't want Bill to move on from Brady. And it resulted in what? A Super Bowl. So not a not a bad not a bad decision on Robert Cast's part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course not. But it also 
doesn't Jimmy G just feel like the better player with still the higher ceiling than Mac Jones even so. at this age? Like even at this age, <laughs> like he's just the better armed, more mobile quarterback. May Mac Jones might be a little more accurate at times, but I mean Jimmy G's made a Super Bowl. Jimmy G has gone toe to toe with really good teams and won. Mm-hmm. He's familiar with the team and the system already. Um, yeah, I kind of like that actually. I think it. I think it's realistic. I I, I think so. I mean, the Bears look. Justin Fields may have ran for his life, and it made it. It made history. He is one of only three quarterbacks to run for a thousand yards in a season. Mm-hmm. I think he has but a record now, right? Did he? Did he break Lamar? Lamar ran for like twelve hundred yards. I think so. Let me double check. But I, I think they're content to run him into the ground uh, for now. <laughs> other, other than that, I mean. The Bears have a defensive head coach, and they're not creative offensively already. So if you're expecting some kind of leap while he was already running for his life and running, meaning like he wasn't throwing because he couldn't throw, yeah, I don't see any improvement coming in the future. If anything, teams will just be less likely to bite on these fakes, less more prone to be aware that he's going to run. The running's going to get harder. They're going to hit him harder because they're able to if he's out and about. I I just don't see room for improvement for a field. The ceiling's high if he has a good coach offensively, but he has possibly the worst head coach in the league, not named Mike McCarthy. And I'm not I'm not saying Ibrahulus is terrible. Uh, we haven't seen anything yet, but we haven't seen anything good either. And he's not offensive, so there's not a lot going for him. Oh, Fields does not have the record. Uh, Lamar still does. Yeah. But it was close. He does have the record for most in the game with 178. <laughs> but that that just isn't going to be sustainable in the long term. I mean, we've already seen Lamar missing considerable time so yeah the the bears have a cool thing going on for the time being but i don't know how how long that'll last but yay for entertaining four win seasons huh you know that was probably the most entertaining terrible season i've seen in a minute Yeah, maybe. Uh, we we are on to the conference championship weekend, so I'm I'm going Chiefs Niners. So I'm assuming that you have a similar trajectory. I'm gonna go uh, Eagles Chiefs. Oh okay. With the uh, Chiefs winning. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think we're in agreement there. <laughs> Although I could, I could really inevitable see the NFC. I could really see the NFC going either way. I just mm-hmm. think uh, I could too. It's I think it's I think it's fairly close. It's tough because earlier in the pod I was saying I kind of think the Niners, but after talking about it and kind of really 
mentally evaluating what I think of Brock Purdy. I'm, I'm just going to give the Eagles a slight edge. Was it my pushback? <laughs> no, it's, it's mostly just because I just don't, I just don't trust a guy with like virtually no experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, I would say uh, I, I couldn't see Hertz being a Super Bowl a winning quarterback, let alone one that you know is even appearing there in the first place. But he's on the doorstep, so. Perhaps I need to change my perception, but this weekend will tell quite a lot. So it is also just that that kind of year. It is absolutely that kind of year where we get like, a. Uh, I don't want to say Rex Grossman in the Super Bowl, but kind of a random, kind thing. of a weaker. I mean, we're we've been saying it all year. The NFC. I mean, is we could have had Dak incredibly right? weak this year. I really thought the Packers could have made a run for it had they made it in the first place, just because Aaron Rodgers. Like, yeah, I mean, the NFC is bad, straight up. I mean, it went. Uh, that's a straight were, up wild card conference. Oh yeah, the whole the whole conference. I mean, it was already aging out. I mean, fifteen years ago, you had guys like. Eli Manning at the top of their game. Drew Brees. Drew Brees at the top of his game. Aaron Rodgers at the top of his game. You had Brett Favre at the top of his game. You had all these. You had Cam Newton fresh in the league. Uh-huh. You had you Matt, Matt Ryan, Ryan winning. tearing it up. Yeah. You honestly, Josh Freeman, for a time on the Buccaneers, was a double-digit win guy. Like the NFC was very strong about fifteen or so years ago. Yeah. It is the exact opposite now. All the young, promising quarterbacks are in the AFC because because the NFC was so much better, they weren't getting the higher draft picks more consistently, leading mm-hmm. to what we're seeing now. And so the NFC is significantly worse. We're going to start to see the change. See, so another 10 years from now, it's going to shift. The AFC is going to be aging out. And we're going to see the AFC with all these young, or the it, NFC with all these young, talented quarterbacks. It has it's been just kind of cycle. an interesting bit of chance also, because while you have, like, let's say the Bengals sucked, they got Joe Pro first overall, right? Um, mm. And then you had just like the Ravens happen to pick Lamar at the back of the first round. So that's a bit of good fortune. And then, like, Mahomes went middle of the first round. So that's a little fortunate. No, but then went, you have the Chargers suck, and they got Herbert early. Mahomes went 10th. Oh, yeah, but he didn't go even, like, top few or top five. He was, like, tra- he was traded up for, though. He was, but, like, several other teams definitely could have gotten him. He wasn't even top five. Like, he wasn't one of the top guys like a bro. Um, so, like, he was kind of up for grabs. Um, if we just look at uh, the Chiefs weren't even terrible at that point but like so it's kind of an interesting mix but definitely the NFC has been striking out in that department how I see it right the Ravens and Chiefs are kind of outliers Mm -hmm. typically because they are good when did Josh Allen even with mediocre quarterbacks usually 
Josh Allen was like seventh or sixth. Okay, yeah. Overall. So Bill sucks. They got Josh Allen. Right. Go. The same draft, an AFC quarterback went first overall in mm-hmm. Baker Mayfield. Yep. Right. The Jets selected third overall for the 10th million time. Uh-huh. Oh, and then the Jags sucked. They got Trevor Lawrence. There right. we go. I, yeah. he, so it's a mix, he, but the, the NFC is just not getting the high picks nor the luck. Yeah, <laughs> and, and look, not all of the first overall picks panned out. They were quarterbacks. I mean, look, Jameis Winston, completely mediocre. That was one of the few NFC teams, right, that genuinely, uh-huh. like, was okay and or not okay that got first overall pick and picked quarterback i mean the rams with jerry goff they traded up they didn't have the number one pick right they weren't it was an afc team tennessee who traded out of that spot at Tennessee, picking second overall, picking Mark Sarita. Like, not all of these picks panned out as some great player. Mm-hmm. But the AFC had several more chances at it overall. And that's, that's kind of the main reason why we're seeing the majority of the better quarterbacks in the AFC. It just, it's a cycle. It'll come back around. And we'll be seeing in 10 years, like, damn, wow, why is the NFC so strong? And it's just simply because they'll be choosing higher mm-hmm. in the draft. <laughs> for it's long. kind of the way it works, you know. You get tired of picks, you get the better players, mm-hmm. uh, generally speaking. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's an interesting trend. Oh. Oh. Is, that, is that all we got? Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think we went on a pretty good tangent there, though. <laughs> yeah, we got a little off playoffs, but I think the playoffs have kind of gone yeah. how we thought they'd work for the most part. Yeah, it's like that we're just finding out the finer details, like the Vikings are really pretenders all the time, uh, paper tiger, if you will. Um, and in the, the bills the the bills the, the hierarchy in the afc clearly goes chiefs Bengals, bills are a, a distant third it seems um i and, i and just feel like the bills are way too matchup reliant yes yeah like i i don't necessarily always believe that the bills get whooped by the Bengals. No, right, but they definitely like, would lose more often than not. I would think, like seven at six or seven out of ten times. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. Really, I don't even know if I buy that. Oh, the Bengals look in control even in the regular season game when they were playing, albeit briefly. Yeah, but I I still don't know if I buy that. Uh, they, I, I think that they're getting enough poise from Joe Burrow that they don't need to get as much from Zach Taylor 
Whereas I, I don't I don't know what's up with the Bills. Well, I, I, I want to say the say coach, right but Zach Taylor's not a good coach. No, but they're they're winning. <laughs> like, bro, I I I heard during the Cowboys game. This wasn't even during the Bills. That uh, who who was it? It was whoever is commentating the Cowboys game. He was talking about Zach Taylor and he's saying, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for the turnaround. That's because prior to Joe Burrow, they had like four total wins in like two whole seasons. He's not a good coach. Not at all. Like it's not it's not because Zach Taylor's underrated or anything. He's not good. Yeah, I mean, there's no Sean Payton getting eight wins with Ian Book and uh, Taysom Hill and whatnot. Yeah, so don't don't think you're sleeping on Zach Taylor. You're not. He's just not good. <laughs> Joe Burrow saved that man's career. Good. Joe Burrow saved that that whole team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, very easy to root for. So I I it would be cool if they somehow beat the Chiefs, went back to the Bowl, proved us all wrong. So that'd be that'd be an interesting storyline. But we'll see. With that, uh, do you got any last-minute quips? No, no quips. <laughs> no quips? Actually, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I ain't got nothing, but looking forward to conference title weekend and hopefully a quip to follow. <laughs> we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace. Check us out on Instagram at Fraternal Football Podcast. Twitter coming soon. We're getting a social media presence going. Also, we are on like eight different podcasting services, including Spotify, which you're most likely listening to, Apple Podcasts now, Stitcher, uh, like five more. Check us out on a variety. Uh, we got stickers everywhere. Slide into our DMs on social media. Engage. Maybe you want to be on the show. Let us know. We're out there and we're available. Also, if you like the content you hear in this podcast, go ahead and leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get your podcasts. If there's ability to rate, go ahead and give us all those stars. We appreciate you for it. This episode is brought to you by HowToPest. Go to howtopest.com for your pest control needs. They're absolutely crushing it. What are you waiting for? This has been Fraternal Football. Cam and Zach signing off.